everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Enter the Vortex with Carol and Erin. Yay! This is our first episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see what goodies come out of our mouths <laughs> and into the ethers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons why we got into wanting to start this podcast is mainly because our voice clips be- between ourselves have been <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> absolutely yeah need to share this information with someone other than just ourselves so and hey I like to talk just ask any of my former teachers (laughs) co-workers bosses no problem who's that one talking in the background probably Carol (laughs) (laughs) we're like the bad kids sitting at the back of the class (laughs) totally but now I'll sit at the front too and still talk (laughs) I have a lot to say oh fun stuff fun stuff yeah all right. So what are we talking about today, Carol? What's Ooh, our to, to let's, let's, let's talk about our origin stories. Let's talk about why we want to get started on this. What brought us into the metaphysical world? Maybe some life experience, whatever other fun jokes come through. Sounds like a good plan to me. Do you want to start or shall I? You can start. All right. Well, where to begin? I don't know. I just feel like I've always kind of had this natural propensity propensity there we go to just like the spiritual world and stuff um I have memories from like childhood doing the most ridiculous things (laughs) like um there was one time oh god I can't remember how old I was I was probably somewhere between like eight and nine um when I asked my mom for her cat's ashes so that we could do a seance (laughs) with my cousins that's amazing. Um, and then like, I actually, I had this remembrance the other day when I was thinking about like, you know, we're going to have this podcast and our first topic is going to be like our origins or like where we started and things like that. So I had this memory drop in of like telling my parents um, that I would talk to the trees. And like, if I had to like break off a branch or something, I'd ask the tree if I could use that branch or you know use the leaves or use the berries you know like how all kids play like the witches thing and like we all make like potions out of mud and stuff oh yeah um I would ask the trees if I could use pieces of them (laughs) and I believed at that time that the trees could talk back to me you know then you kind of grow into the whole you know adult world and things don't trees don't talk to you what the heck are you talking about um you know but they'll talk to each other so I don't know I feel like I feel like they might still talk to humans if we need to listen (laughs) they totally do now that I have the lensing again because you you know like I'm sure you've done something similar where like you know I was quite spiritual or like not even spiritual but I was quite I don't know naturally gifted or I had like these these lovely intuition um, moments in my childhood and then going through the public school system you kind of get beaten like that gets keep kind of beaten out of you or whatever or I shut it down or whatever it is mm-hmm. and then yeah like when I got back into my got back into my adult life okay <laughs> <laughs> there might be another story about that later <laughs> when I got into my adult life <laughs> um I actually kind of rediscovered my spiritual side and like mm-hmm. it's always been something that I was interested in I remember making like a little booklet of like witchy stuff when I was 12 and like trying to get into tarot and things like that but just never really going too far um until yeah I think I was I don't know 23 I think when I kind of rediscovered this world and started diving hardcore into it I did um like my first I guess welcome back to this part was um going to spirit seekers which is an event I'm pretty sure you might be aware of it but it's an event no Okay. (laughs) It was an event that uh, took place in our city that um, was run by, what is it? Muddy Waters Tours. Oh, wow. I think it was. Yeah. And um, they put it on. It was a bunch of, you know, people in the metaphysical spiritual community coming together for um, like they had like two days of conference. So they'd have like different events put on and then you could have a table where you could sell your, sell your wares or your services. And, um, 
yeah, that was where I met Rachel. That's where I met Crystal from Divine Clarity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I met a, a couple of other people from the metaphysical community, but at that point in time in my life, Rachel, um, well, I guess Rachel Styles mm-hmm. and uh, Crystal were like my biggest mentors at that moment. And they kind of were kind of like, I don't want to say the gateway keepers, because that's not what the, the word is, but they were kind of like my first mentors getting back into this community and this experience. So it was super cool. And then like, yeah, fast forward, what, seven years now, and I've accelerated so much, which we can get into later, but how about you? <laughs> wow. Um, I would say that I think I did the mud pie thing when I was a kid as well. Um, but my first like, quote unquote, like, here's where I really sound crazy memory was when I was a really small child and I went with uh, my parents to the beach. And it was... I believe the Delta Beach actually, I think, because I remember being asked if I wanted to go to Grand Beach or Delta Beach. And I had, and to me as a small child, the word Grand Beach was terrifying. And I'm like, I don't want to be where the people are. Let's go where it's quieter, <laughs> which was a really, it was a really lovely experience because it was a really windy, warm day and there was really nice waves. And my dad had taken me out on the water. But my dad and my mom were back on the beach and I was kind of playing along the shore. And I remember there was like this little sandbar. And I remember standing and looking at this little puddle of water that was clear and like really, really still, even though there was waves. And I could see my parents off to the distance. And I'm looking at this puddle of water. And then it, I, this thing came to my like hearing. So I don't know if it was my guides or something, some kind of energy stepped in and was like, you know, it's not only Jesus that can walk on water. All you have to do is remember how to change your vibration. And I was like, well, that's weird because we're not churchy. So even though I knew of Jesus, what that meant back then at like seven or eight years old, I was like, okay. So then I pretty much remember imagining what it would feel like to be the happiest possible person in the world, like really filling up my entire body with joy. And I put my little toe on the puddle and I didn't sink. And I remember kind of skirting across this puddle and I was like, okay that's really cool and then I ran to my parents all happy about the fact that I like went across this puddle without sinking in it I mean maybe I was a delusional child not sure but of course (laughs) this is like the first experience where you get shut down right because you go and you tell your parents something that you're proud about and they're like that's impossible like because to them human muggle life like that completely blows their minds and they think that I'm crazy and so you get that part of you shut down but yet I was always fascinated even as a small child like I think I was a witch for Halloween every freaking year except the years that I was a pirate which is really that took me all the way into adulthood to be honest with you Um, if they're showing or what (laughs) maybe my cash are showing a little bit yeah absolutely and my love for Johnny Depp (laughs) yes I agree (laughs) right um but yeah and then I kind of put it away for a while and I mean I had some religious influence as a child just because my next door neighbor was like my best friend her she was in catechism and all those things and they were very like strong orthodox catholic so I got all the teachings about having to attend church which is kind of funny and uh I mean I respected the belief system and I but I never really felt any attachment to it and I continue to explore like the witchcraft stuff and you know when you're a kid it's all make-believe to you you don't actually think it's real until you get older and in my late teens my mother started reading the books by Sylvia Brown which is like a pretty well-known psychic and she had a friend that introduced her to Sylvia Brown and then we started buying all the books and I think I read every single book of hers back to front and then started kind of exploring a little bit more of my own belief system in that um, throughout my teens and 20s and not really getting serious about witchcraft but having a little bit more of a belief of like there is possibility here and then fast forwarding into my 30s um that was when I came across Rachel Stiles as well and I did spend one of my birthdays with her learning uh different variations of um, the magic that she teaches which is really cool like candle magic and how to write a petition and all these things and also getting dazzled by the secret and the magic and that idea of um, like manifesting and like you know mm-hmm. laws of the universe that kind of stuff law of attraction yada yada and I started to put this stuff into practice and then I started getting these things show up that I pretty much called in and I was like wow like there might be something to this <laughs> like there might actually be something of value that I can use in my life here um, but also cute every psychic attack that could possibly happen at the time and not having the awareness of that as well um, when it was happening. But now, like fast forward in just in the last year of acceleration that I've experienced along with you, 
um, having now the tools and the tricks and the tips to how to like clear yourself out of that and to recognize it and to like heal from that and be able to use those tools to help others do the same thing once you actually know what's really, really going on. So when I look back, like I think I've dabbled in a little bit of every belief system, mm-hmm. even the, the religious stuff, because it does have some merit to it. And, but also understanding where the limitations are. Um, and that has really propelled me to be where I am today, because I think that without that practice, I would have lost myself in my twenties. And I think I would have turned a really dark corner and probably not be here today to tell my story. I think I would have probably taken myself out, but it always was something that had brought me back to reality or my own reality or my own inner knowing of like, there's more to the world. There's more to your story. So let's keep going. So I would almost say that even though I didn't really have any specific practice in my late teens through to my thirties, like it probably kept me, um, kept me here. Like it was what like spirituality to me and like the magic and all of that possibility was what really kept me out of the, or got me through, I should say, actually probably the darkest times of my life so far. Hopefully there's no more of them because this last year has been a tower. Holy moly has this been a tower event, but that's a topic for another day. That is for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I like, I don't know. And I find that really fascinating. Like you could have you know, for example, me who like, I haven't really had too much turbulence in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I probably the biggest events of my life have been like my parents separating, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, comes apart with its own like feelings and emotions and things like that. But that happened when I was younger. And then like the first major death that I've had in my life was like my grandma passing away when I actually like the day after my birthday, um, and I, when I turned God, when I, did I turn 20? I think I was 20 at that time. Um, so it's like one of those things where like, I haven't really had too much turbulence, but if you look at what I've involved myself in my muggle life. Um, like I work in mental health, right? Like I work with people who are going through crisis. I have always been that person who like, I can sit on a completely empty bus, like completely empty. And I will sit down and I will get like the only other person on the bus directly beside me. It's like, dude, you, you have the entire bus. (laughs) And then, you know, thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe this is just, I don't know, maybe I'm being picked on, like, this is just, you know, whatever, like, your natural emotions of being, like, I'm a young female sitting on a bus, this is creepy, Um, but then they'll, like, share their most Mm gut-wrenching stories with me, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there on this, like, bus stuck (laughs) next to this person, and they're telling me, like, yeah, like I said, like, the most heart-wrenching stories, And it's just like, okay, cool. And then they're like, oh, thanks for listening. And they'll get up and walk away. And then I'm stuck there dealing with like, what the heck did this person just tell me? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's like, I'm some sort of like walking confessional sometimes. It's really fascinating, you know? (laughs) And I didn't notice, like, I didn't know where this came from until I really started delving into the spiritual path again, because then I've started to develop the sense of like, oh, well, I'm empathic. So people see me as a safe haven, you know, oh, the energy that I get off, off, um, give off is very nurturing and warm and kind. And so people, again, see me as this safe space to come into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always been a skill of mine, but I can hold space for someone like a boss. You want to tell me the most horrendous thing that you've ever experienced? And I'll be like, dude, I've got you. Like I will create that safe space for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's fascinating, fascinating that like when you don't realize what's going on and things just keep happening to you like that, you're just like, what happened? Like, I think that kind of probably influenced why I got into, um, you know, the nursing profession like I did, right? Like why I work in mental health is because I kind of got conditioned is the wrong word, but I kind of got used to, I guess hearing these stories and hearing people talk about them and knowing that I could at least provide a safe environment for someone to tell me and open up about this stuff. So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just really fascinating. I don't remember why I got on that tangent. <laughs> That's okay. 
that's anyway, why we record these things because this is how the conversations go and this is why it's called enter the vortex because we just get in and we just stumble on each other which is really great we're like twin cyclones that are spinning together over and over and then eventually we just sync up and then we're just one cyclone spinning yep <laughs> yep absolutely get in or get in you're either in or in the way right <laughs> <laughs> what is it Join sink us? up or swim <laughs> yeah absolutely but that's like a similar thing with my life experience too like once I entered the workforce in my like 20s, I was in hospitality and, you know, cue bartender. What do you hear? You hear everyone's oh, life stories, especially during last call when you're like, hey, time to go, guys. Like, I've got, I would like to go to bed before four o'clock in the morning. Please GTFO. But no, you know, like that's when you get the best juicy stories about what's going on in someone's life or mm-hmm. all the dramatic endings of the weddings and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, so I've always worked in public or with large groups of people. And then I decided for a little while that I would be a teacher, which I absolutely loved the job itself. I love the children that I worked with. Not a fan of the politics, but politics we can talk about on another podcast episode. Um, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. I need to be in a different mood for that. Um, but again, like similar to your story where like I, you know, like the classic bad kid, I was the bad kid in junior high. Like. I think I flunked out of grade eight. So, and yet I went on to become a, a grade eight teacher for a year. And those quote unquote bad kids, the ones that are labeled with the, the behavioral problems or the attitude problems, or just don't care about their, their academics. And I'm the one that they're the best friends with. Because again, just by my nature, I provide a safe space for them to recognize so that I can see who they truly are and let that aspect of them shine through rather than the expectations, projections, and judgments that their other teachers or parents or counselors or whoever have placed Mm -hmm. upon them because they realize when they're around me, they can be who they really are. And I really wish that that was, there was more of that in that profession. Um, But I really find that there's a lot of people that are really stuck in their ways within that profession. And it makes it really hard for you to provide the space that these kids really need to thrive. And instead they go into survival mode. And I get that because I used to be a kid in survival mode, but that's how I was like for pretty much junior high and high school. And I can tell you right now, when I look back on all of my teachers, I know exactly which ones were the ones that saw who I really was versus the ones that made my life a lot more unnecessarily difficult. Mm-hmm. So I made a, I think I had that inner, inner knowing of like, I'm not going to be that teacher when I become the teacher. But unfortunately, the politics kind of pushes you out because when you are that teacher that really wants to do better for your kids but then you're stuck with all the red tape that's part of that industry you just you either sink or swim and I was drowning so I had to walk away but it had nothing at all to do with the kids because I can tell you right now they still have a piece of my heart and they always will so yeah absolutely yeah that's I mean that could be a whole other topic of conversation just about Mm -hmm. the respective like healthcare industry and Mm -hmm. you know the public school system and just Mm -hmm. teaching in general right like I think there's so many jobs out there that are missing what's how do how would I phrase this it's just I don't feel like we're fully seeing the the individual that's in front of us you know what I mean so in in like a healthcare setting I mean a lot of times if you're you know, in a, in a, like an emergency room or something like that, they're more focused on the physical aspect of self. When I'm working in mental health, that's definitely more of a mental health situation. We're not necessarily concerned about the physical too, too much. Like, I mean, if you've hurt yourself, yeah, we're going to be concerned about that, but we're not worried about, you know, are your kidneys failing on you right now? You know, like it's, it's more of like, let's deal with the anxiety, the depression, you know, any sort of psychosis and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at least in mental health, we're kind of trending into the whole, you know, I, I mean, you could almost say like the metaphysical stuff where we are looking at the effects of emotions and, you know, stress on the body and how that can, in, um, you know, affect the, um, um, like your mental health, as well as your physical health, mm-hmm. but it's not quite there. Right. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to get into like doing my own practice in terms of healing and, you know, working alongside with, you know, others who do similar work is because I feel like we are missing that piece, right. We're missing 
that connection between the physical, the metaphysical, and bringing those together to, you know, have this beautiful, harmonious um, healing modality, right? Mm. And so, I, I mean, if we want to get into the what we specifically do in our practices, um, I know you and I both have similar training um, and backgrounds with that, but I think both of us can say like we we focus on the whole of the individual, right? Like working through all of the layers of self, all the layers of you know mental health, spiritual health, physical health, the emotional bodies you know, that kind of stuff, the whole morpho, morphogenetic field, which is a mouthful in and of itself, <laughs> um, you know, and just really looking at the person and meeting them where they're at and then doing whatever healing that needs to come up at that time to help shift various things in their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a disconnect that we have um, in the education that we're given. Like when when you're in school and you're learning about your own body, they don't talk about how emotions feel in your body past, I think, maybe grade three or grade four. So you tell me how many high school students are going through their deepest depressive, most hormonal ranging aspects of their life experience thus far and have no idea what the heck is even going on in their body or in their mind because they have lost that connection to like, this is what sadness feels like. It affects this part of my body. And Mm -hmm. also recognizing that it might be in a different part of a body and another person, because that's just the way our energy gets stored. And I think we're almost doing a disservice by keeping it so technical. um, And we're not taking a look at how our thoughts affect things, how our emotions affect things and how our physical body also influences. And like, you have to look like if the physical physical body is one side of the spectrum and the emotional body is the other side of the spectrum, what about everything in the middle and how that intermeshes with each other? Mm-hmm. And I really feel like, I mean, I would like to see education shift, obviously. I don't know that I'm the person to do that. <laughs> um, not Maybe not from the inside, maybe on the outside looking in, but not from the inside looking outward because it feels like yeah. a prison, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but like, I just think that we're, we're almost forgetting because we're so focused on academics and we're so focused on like what the math score is and what the reading score is. Well, these kids, if they're in survival mode, they don't give a shit what their math score is. They are more worried about the fact that their life is hell and they can't even concentrate because they didn't have a healthy breakfast because their parents just can't provide for them. Like you can't expect them to be learning if we're not looking at their emotional state and their physical state because it's just it's just so silly to me it's like so compartmentalized I guess is the word I'm looking for and it's like well let's remove the boxes and let's see what's actually underneath that you know yeah that's very true I don't know dude like there's just so much that needs to get changed up and I don't know broken down built rebuilt whatever Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that is starting to happen. But I think that's actually part of why I, I kind of intuitively checked out of education in 2019 and decided that was when, like very late 2019, December, I was like, this is not for me because I can't be my best version for these students based on on the walls that they're trying to put me into. Mm -hmm. And so I made that conscious decision to walk away. And and then 2020 happens and it was not long after like four months later and the whole world is like completely turned upside down and locked down and everyone's spinning on their wheels and not knowing what's really going on and it's interesting how my intuition has kind of always led me anyway even if I'm not necessarily giving it the respect and honor that it deserves for how it's guided me so far in life but it really it still does like whether I realize it or not that's what's happening so um I can see how with what has gone on, especially in the last two years, with just the way the narratives have changed and what we're seeing and with the long, we're starting to see this quote unquote long-term effects of what has happened in the world, that it's really bringing to the surface all of those squeaky wheels, right? Like those things that need attention, those things that are broken, those things that need repair, those things that are no longer working in any industry, not just education, not just healthcare, not just politics, like literally everything anything that was hidden in the, in the closet is being brought out right now and the light is being shone upon it. And so it feels like chaos, but you, like I say, like chaos is a catalyst, right? 
And if you don't have the chaos, you're never going to make the change. So you almost have to lean into that chaos and learn how to quiet your own mind in one way, shape or form so that you can see what's going on around you from the observer mode and not from like the experiencer. Because if you're stuck in the experience, you're, you've lost already. But if you can at least for one second, even pull yourself out for a minute and be like, what's going on here? You kind of can see how the whole world is going through a tower moment, the tower card, good old tarot, right? That's essentially what's happening right now. And like, for my own personal tarot, like tarot moments, we'll definitely save that for another day, because it'll be a great long conversation. But it's interesting to see that like how many things are being shown that we didn't even realize needed to be shown. Like I kind of feel like the current world stage is, especially with human rights, um, like all of those things that we thought were our protectors, like there's some loopholes in that in the human rights thing. So I think my prediction or my intuitive hit is it's really just shining a light on what still needs to change. And I, I still see that trajectory of positive change. And like, yes, I still believe that our human rights are going to be upheld. It may not feel like that in the moment, um, but what we're seeing is actually where there is those loopholes that they can be quote unquote overstepped upon. And so I think that, again, we're in that chaos moment right now, but I still see some clarity coming from that because if we didn't know there was those loopholes, we can't make the change to make sure that those loopholes don't get abused in the future mm -hmm. but unfortunately we have to kind of walk through it a little bit for the next few months I think oh, before definitely. that happens yeah I I do agree with pretty much everything that you've said there I do I feel like yeah we are in that moment of chaos and I mean mo moment of chaos like literally it's been like what 18 to 20 months or so almost. almost two years yeah um you know like it's been you can't even call it a moment anymore um but it, I also like I don't know that my soul has this weird sense about it where it's like don't worry everything will be okay and then it just gets so lit up by all of this chaos that is happening and it's just like I'm excited by it because I think I think my higher self or my soul self or whatever you want to call it I think it can see what the future is going to come or the, what the future is going to hold for us. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like, this is going to be really interesting. You just have to be like, you got to stay in that, like you said, the role of the observer and you got to just witness things happening and not be so reactionary and really check into like, is what I'm feeling actually me? Or is what I'm feeling like the collective energy is what I'm feeling just like the byproduct of me being fed all the, you know, the news and the media and all the information mm -hmm. that's coming out and things like that. And actually just getting wrapped up in those emotions of like fear and survival and things like that. Right. And I think, yeah, like, I don't know, my, my soul has this weird, um, like I keep going back to that meme of like the dog sitting in the, in the room full of fire and he's just like sipping his coffee. He's like, this is fine. <laughs> and that's how I feel like. <laughs> yeah for most of the last like couple of years right mm -hmm. um you know and I mean obviously I mean I I was off on a mat leave when we whole like the whole world shut down when my daughter was six months old um and so I kind of was removed from it for a good half a year until I returned to work and then it kind of became more like I've got to be more faced with this situation mm -hmm. um which was just the strangest timing very strange like why why that period of time I have no idea anyways um <laughs> I feel like the mystery will reveal itself in the future <laughs> yeah like when my little dragon starts breathing fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god but it's just it's really fascinating how like various events in my life have kind of led up to where we are here and one thing that I keep thinking about um you know is is often like if this didn't happen this way you know, kind of almost like that butterfly effect, you know, when someone asks you, like, if you could go back into your life and, you know, say something to your younger self or, you know, change something about your younger self, what would you do? And it's like, no, you know, I've, I've thought about this before. And it's just like, if I didn't take the steps that I did growing up, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd be in this point right now. I mean, granted, there's the potential that I could have been in a better uh timeline um if I had made different changes in my life but 
who's to say that would have been better for me, right? Or like, not better, but like, I guess better is a relative term. Yeah, I could have more abundance. Maybe I could be further developed in my spiritual gifts or whatever. But would I have the same lifestyle that I currently have or the same, you know, family dynamics that I currently have? Would I still have my daughter, you know, that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really interesting to think how like one small moment in your life could lead up to something so big. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I find it interesting that you say um, that had I not taken these steps, I wouldn't be where I am today because I really feel like there's a flip side to that as well of that saying of like, you know, the, the experiences that you've had in life kind of create who you are today. So it's like, there's you saying that you're choosing, but there's also a lot of us in the world that are feeling like maybe they didn't necessarily choose it or they don't realize that they were on this path and it didn't feel like it was a choice. Um, but it's still informed who you are because that's the whole life experience. That's, that's how it goes. But, and not to say that it's like proactive versus not, or like a victim story or not, but like for some incidences, it really does feel like sometimes it wasn't a choice mm-hmm. in the moment anyway. But when you pull yourself out of that and you get into that observer stage, um, then you realize where the choices were and either way you came out of it onto the other side because again I wouldn't be here sitting here today if I hadn't come out of all of it so I still had choice even when you even though it didn't feel like it in the moment yeah I still had choice I the reason why I'm here today is because I've either chosen to do something or not chosen to do something and that's okay it doesn't necessarily have to feel like the tower moment even though when you know the whole world around you is on fire if you're not the one getting burned then you can see a way out. Mm-hmm. And even if you are getting burned, that might light, light you up a little faster to move a little a little faster, a little quicker, or make a little bit of a different directional change or whatnot. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of our healing practice that what we can offer for our clients because we're in the role of the observer for them. And mm-hmm. we get to hear and see what they don't necessarily hear and see when they're telling their story. And that's when we get our little intuitive pings to ask, say more about this question or ask more about that or what's going on in your body here and when you really bring it all together and you realize that you're able to give somebody clarity just because of your own life experience like like that's the whole reason why you're here right Mm -hmm. yeah you may have had to walk through hell first and you might still be walking through hell but all you need to do is be one or two steps ahead to show everyone else the way so yeah despite the chaos it's okay. Like I'm grateful for it because I wouldn't be the rad person I am today if it wasn't for it. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And actually when you were talking there, I've, I've realized that you and I are on the like opposite sides of that polarity mm. because I am, I interesting. very much been an observer or someone who's been able to learn vicariously through others, mm-hmm. um, you know, both in like growing up and then of course in my muggle job. And then it sounds like you're very much the one who has to be in the fire, walking the path of the person who has to go through all the hell to get through. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, hey, sipping my cup of tea. That's really interesting. How has this affected your life? Oh, okay. Note to self, don't do that. <laughs> I wonder if we had a role reversal in a past life and I was the one, I'll, I'll do it this time around. I got you. I got you, boo. I'll, I'll do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we have. That, that's something we could talk about on another podcast. It's just all, all of our Akashic stories. Yeah, no kidding. That'll be a good time. We'll have to bring some tea for that one. <laughs> Sip yes. along with us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. I mean, I guess too, I guess we should explain why we've kind of chosen this, like, enter the, po- the enter the podcast, <laughs> enter the vortex. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, where did that come from? Well, for me, um, again, you mentioned earlier our voice clips. So um, Aaron and I will, even though we live in the same city, shout out to Winnipeggers, um, we don't live near each other and life is chaotic and life is hectic and it's not always realistic to be hanging out like beside each other. Um, We'll be neighbors one day. (laughs) We'll live in a commune one day or something. But um, so we spend a lot of time chatting via voice clips through our messenger. And you know, she'll say something and she'll go off on a on a tangent, and then I'll come back at her. And you know, we have this like running joke of like who's going to have the highest amount of voice clips before the person comes back. And I think we're at what twenty one now, and I think that's your record. 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think I think we were at 15 or 16 for a while where we would, you know, just go off because these voice clips are only a minute long. And then, you know, the running joke then became, well, if we're able to talk to each other for this long, like 16 voice clips is 16 minutes. So like, <laughs> why not start a podcast podcast and bring the rest of the world along for the ride? Because what, we, what I've noticed anyway, when I chat with Aaron is that um, we really bounce off of each other really well. And even if we kind of go off in one direction, the other one always is able to bring it back around. And we just have this really cool, like it does feel energetic too. Like it really does feel like a vortex of energy around the both of us where we're kind of swirling in and around and like, you know, creating different little ideas. And when the two of us bump up together with our energy fields and we create a third new interesting being, like that's essentially what the root of this podcast is going to be, right? And you know, the life experience that you have and the life experience that I have, like, why not? It's fun. And I get to hang out with a friend for a couple hours a day or however often we do it and, you know, chat on, chat to the world about our life and relate to the listeners and we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally do agree. Like, it's just, it's really interesting. Cause I mean, I really wish that we could well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that our listeners will probably get to that point eventually. Like, we'll start. This is just like the beginning. We got to ease you guys in slowly. We can't Absolutely. just go completely off a of left field too quickly. Um, Maybe by the third episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but hmm. yeah, like when one of us seems to be in a spin or like, I don't know, I, I would always call it like a shit spiral where like you're That's kind of in... <laughs> Well, you're in your shit and you can't see your way out, right? Yeah. Whenever one of us is in that, the other person's able to hold that space. And although we might say some things that kind of get into that shit spiral, we're always able to pull each other out. And like that kind of comes back to that that visual of the the dual um, tornadoes mm. that I had mentioned earlier. You know, like Twin you're one tornado. Yeah. <laughs> what dual vertices uh, yeah I think they're actually I think the technical term might be dual vertices shout out to my one year of atmospheric science that was <laughs> something I'll never try ever again in my life <laughs> but you did it just for this podcast <laughs> yeah absolutely I've just validated six months of university <laughs> in one episode <laughs> but yeah like it's it's just really interesting how like our energies tend to like independently we spin one way and then when we sync up we kind of like are able to almost dissipate that spin for each other right like when I'm going off on a I don't know a tangent about whatever it is you're able to hold the space and kind of bring me out of it and same for you right like when you're in that horrible shit swirl I can help you pull yourself out of it and it's just Mm -hmm. we've got a really nice balance between the two Mm -hmm. um and I, I just have to throw this out here. It's really interesting too, because Carol and I used to run in, well, I mean, we, I guess we could still say we run in similar or the same um, like metaphysical spiritual group, you know, yeah, groups, I guess. The spooky circles. Yeah, spooky <laughs> circles. Um, and it's funny because we, we've kind of known each other, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like as acquaintances for what, maybe five, yeah. seven years. Yeah, like we knew of each other, we knew who each other were, we knew the names, I think we were friends on Facebook for a few years, but our friendship really didn't develop until 2020 when the world shut down and we started going down rabbit holes and sharing the information. (laughs) We've been vortexing since we first started, actually. I know, I was gonna say, because I pulled myself hardcore out of that, because like we went hard into the rabbit holes of it all, the COVID bullshit, and then... And then I was like, oh, dude, I can't do this. I've got a child. And I pulled myself out. <laughs> I left Carol behind for a little bit. <laughs> and then it's been for that long, you guys. <laughs> she brought me back out. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was when we kind of connected with our current mentor that we, you know, well, I should say I connected with our current mentor. And then I was like, come on, Carol, this is fun. Drag you along. Yep. And then really worked well because then after that freebie that um that starseed accelerator that we went through together in what was it july of 2020 yes yes with caitlin yeah yeah so then you were like oh i'm joining hra like caitlin's offering and i'm like "Mm, i don't know but maybe and then yeah you dragged me along to that and i jumped in i knew right away that um 
like Caitlin's healing practice or healing modality was going to be my next thing. Like I really wanted to do that. But when it came, like push came to shove, I was like, I, what was, I don't even know if I, if I was bypassing or if I was just playing aloof or whatever, but I was letting (laughs) a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I'm like, no, I'm not ready to step into my brilliance yet. So uh, (laughs) I'm just going to stay little. And you're like, dude, it's going to be this much for the, (laughs) for the course. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. All right. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) So what she's really saying, you guys, is that I talk her into spending money, but then she also talks me to spending money. So it's okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm not any better for you though. Exactly. whatever that's what friends are for <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm I'm not the person you come to when you don't want to spend money because I will tell you to buy the damn thing <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> everyone needs a friend like that in their life absolutely but I think it's really it's really um beautiful how we've come together in companionship and then when you start learning about all these different tools in the metaphysical world, including the Akashic records and taking a look at, you know, the different lifetimes that you and I have shared together and how freaking much of a riot they have been. Like, I can't wait to share that with the rest of the world because <laughs> those are going to be some very entertaining stories. So it really just deepens the connection and realize, like, makes you realize, like, like you actually have some really cool people in your life. And, you know, there's probably a, a deeper reason why they're in that, in your life or those, you know, for you. Right. So like, I mean, why not if you want to have a cool friend like why not bring them along for multiple lives <laughs> like I'm like I, I don't know like I'm cool with that I mean I'm open to new friends too but uh but when you have some really cool friends that have been along for the ride for many 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 lifetimes like there's a reason why you're choosing to do this again and, mm-hmm. and ultimately like having that realization also that we've chosen to be here on earth at this time even amongst the chaos mm-hmm. like yeah you want your friends close because that's what's going to help you get through. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because I've, I've set up this, I don't know what I would call it. Like, it's not really a fail safe, but like for each of my major accelerations throughout my spiritual development, I have had someone that I've courted and contract to pull me along because I, I, as much as I love, you know, <laughs> talking about like love and light and, you know, all this lovely positive spiritual bullshit and whatever. Um, (laughs) I have this huge resistance in actually stepping forward and, and following the path that's being laid out in front of me. Mm. And it's, it's really funny that I have like courted and contracted these people to help essentially drag me along, right? Like if I didn't have you, if I didn't connect with you and I didn't have you along with this, I probably wouldn't have stepped up and done decodes. Um, I probably would still be sitting, I don't know, probably not doing anything remotely close to what I'm doing now, or at least not in the capacity that I currently am, you know, and I, I've done this in, in my past as well. Like I had another friend that I had actually, um, you know, had a core, uh, a story, a contract with that, um, was to help me, um, pull through another program that I went through. Um, and it was really actually kind of funny because I was like, uh, I don't really know. I'm not really one to like dabble in angels. Cause it was like angel alchemy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm kind of witchy. I don't think witches work with angels. And I was just like this really weird, like, I don't like it. Um, and she's like, no. Yeah. Right. She's like, no, it'll be totally fine. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Like, just come on, sign up with me. And I'm like, all right, cool. And that, I think that was when I had like my first really big acceleration when I kind of like really started to trust my abilities and really start to develop and hone my ability to kind of like, um, you know, come up against someone's energy and like kind of read what's going on in their bodies. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's really funny when you kind of sit down and you look at like, of course, all your Akashics and then not only that, but like you know, halls of Amente, the galactics, which I'm not a pro at getting into quite yet. Um, but I can see flashes. Um, but like, then not only that, but seeing kind of like the contracts that I have in place with you and like, okay, this is, this is where it's meant to go. And kind of, this is what we're meant to do with you, like to help each other grow. And it's just, it's really, it's really beautiful, Carol. I absolutely love it. Thank you. If I was a drinker, I would say this is like the wine drunk emotional stage where we're like professing our loving companionship to each other. But 
Um, it's interesting that you kind of talk about your timeline of like the healing modalities that you've explored because I definitely have a fair amount of certifications under my belt and, and yet none of them really felt like home. And I realized as you were talking, like, I think that part of my draw to all these different modalities that I tried, um, like as I have Reiki, I have, um, I've done some shamanic journeying practices as well. Those are a trip for sure. Um, I have mediumship now. I can read a cache of records now. Um, I have the deco certification as well. And um, it, I think really when I look back and like on also all the different witchcraft workshops that I've taken, which were so much fun, like brew making and candle magic and all those fun things. And I think ultimately what was drawing me in was I was looking for community. But I really feel like I still had I, witchcraft itself, the practice I feel at home with. I can dabble in it and it doesn't take much for me to make something magical, you know? Um, and even I can go intuitively on creating a spell or casting, you know, whatever I wanna cast or like uh, honoring the directions, yada, yada. Um, but yet on the flip side of that, I'm also not a rule follower. I, I don't really love being put in that, you know, expectation. So I always say that like, I like to know what the rules are, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna follow them, right? <laughs> Um, but I was ultimately looking for that companionship and like the community because that's essentially what rich witchcraft is based upon I think anyway like the, if the origin of it the original blueprint of it was like just the way of life back then like centuries ago and you relied on your sisterhood and you relied on the men the hunters the whatever the warriors protecting the village and helping raise children and you know making sure everyone is fed and, and educated and cared for. And that for sure was missing, a huge missing piece of my experience. And I found, I've had connections, you know, like I definitely have connections with my Reiki instructors, like they're lovely, lovely humans and like we still keep in touch. Um, but I never really felt like home until I would say, I started doing the more witchcrafty things. And when I think I met you physically in person, um, at a potluck at a friend's place for a, a, like a was it a full moon I think gathering I don't I know if it was know. full moon as well but I, I feel like it was like all of us like kind of that like witchy vibe of a group of friends in our city and it was like it was great and I was like wow I actually kind of feel like I'm at home and yet you and I didn't really become friends in this capacity until a few years later and it it's like all of those little things that have happened in my like mid-20s till my mid-30s have all lined up to bringing me to the actual right relationships and friendships that I need so that I can accelerate and push myself forward into stepping into the power and like I'm cool with bringing someone else along for the ride because if I can step into my power there's no reason why you can't either and if you're struggling well then I'll give you the hand up because that's what community is about exactly. and I feel like I was missing that in my 20s but now that I have it I'm like super grateful for the community that we have. And five years ago, I couldn't say that, but it's super cool to say that I know people in the UK, I know people in New Zealand, I know people in Australia, I know people in the States that I would have probably walked past at like Six Flags and never known before. But now I'm like, I can't wait till we can travel again so that we can hug these people because they've become like part of the family kind of thing, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so great that, I don't know, like the amount of, yeah, like like you said, like that sisterhood, that com like that community that has mm -hmm. been built is is so. I don't know. I don't have words for it. Like my, I I could talk to you about like, oh, it's so great. It's so lovely. I love it. It's great. Um, but like mm -hmm. the actual energy behind it, I just I don't have human words for. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's like finally coming home and and knowing that you are supported and you have like that group of people around you that like no matter what kind of situation you're walking through they will be there to help guide you through it or to hold space for you or whatever mm -hmm. it is that you need right or call you on your shit which is what I'm known for yeah. <laughs> but I'm do I do it lovingly for the most part unless you need that cosmic kick to Uranus <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a really great time. And I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to, you know, come together in this lifetime and, mm -hmm. you know, be able to experience this entertaining chaos over the last few years yeah. um, together. <laughs> At least we have each other to keep ourselves sane. <laughs> or not sane, but you know, we can plot <laughs> for funsies. 
Yeah. Yeah. We definitely can. Um, but yeah, anyways, I don't know how long we've been recording now, but, uh, I think we should probably wrap it up so we don't yeah. ramble on for hours upon hours. <laughs> 50, <laughs> for our minutes. First 50 minutes. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Community for sure. Um, I think is the ultimate reason for this. Like I'm looking forward to the community that we're building with this podcast that we will build. Like, and I do know that we are already going to have like our friends going to support and listen and like love you and thank you for that. We would do the same for you guys and you gals. But I just feel like when I look at the trajectory of this, it's, I mean, this is only our first episode, but I mean, in a year from now, I can feel the energy of what this is going to be in a year from now. And I can't wait to get there, but I'm so glad to be standing here or well, sitting here. Let's be honest. I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting here and, and like chatting about it. And like in a year from now, when we look back on this, it's going to be like, dude, we had no idea, but we kind of did, but we still did it, you know? Cause I think the ultimate point and one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the last year is like, it's okay to dream big and it's okay to have that on paper but then there's always going to be someone in this community that comes along and says, actually, you should dream bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And I mean, how many times did we have to get slapped in the face with like, we should do a podcast before we actually decided we were going to do it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So here it is. One of the first few things that I've actually followed through on in this past year, despite all the tower movements, but there will be more because this is what we came for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um so I guess to wrap up I mean we kind of went on a, a journey through this podcast with uh or this episode at least with starting about our own experiences and our lives mm -hmm. and how we kind of got to where we are and then mm -hmm. I think that's just what our podcasts are going to be like though you know it's going to be one of those things where we're going to start with one topic and we'll probably end off on a completely different tangent which is exactly how the energy needs to flow absolutely and how the codes need to fall out and whatnot. Yep. So. Yep. That's the whole point. You've entered the vortex, right? So <laughs> welcome everybody to the vortex. <laughs> Looking forward to what else we uh, chat about in, in a few uh, coming weeks. Yeah. Awesome. So if people want to reach out to us, where can they find you, Carol? You can find me on Instagram at elevate with Carol sky, E L E V A T E W I T H C A R O L S K Y or on my website at www.carolsky.ca. Awesome. And you? <laughs> yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Heal with Aaron Mindy. That is H-E-A-L-W-I-T-H-E-R-I-N-M-I-N-D-I. Or you can find me on my website at www.aaronmindy.ca wants to like and share and toss comments our way or want to give us any topics they want us to explore you can definitely toss that in the information on the comment section as well and thank you for your support awesome so we'll talk later bye